Department of the Dead contains graphic and explicit content that may not be appropriate for some listeners. Opinions and views do not reflect the Department of Defense. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, welcome back to Department of the Dead. I am beyond excited to announce we have a new co-host. No, not replacing Thought, Thoughtimus Prime. Thought, say hi. Hi, it's Thought still. <laughs> but we're adding another person. So everyone, welcome Jess. Hey girl, hey. Hey. I'm here. Well, I'm excited because you and I have never met in person. I just want to preface this. This is like weird. I know what she looks like. I know I'm not being catfish. This is like a really good AI. Then kudos to you. <laughs> but no, I feel, we've been following each other for a couple of years now. And we started talking more, just exchanging ideas and stuff back and forth. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm not crazy having these thoughts, am I? And so I just bounce them off of you. And then it's usually like a bunch of voice messages, honestly. It's so much fun. I love it. But she has a good podcast voice because you also host other podcasts too. But she's also familiar with the space. I was like, hey, fuck it. Join us. And he was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Right. Thoughts just with it. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm a super fan. I feel like Haley Bieber. I'm like, oh my God, I love you guys. Marry me. Oh my god, no. But we are really excited to have you. Yeah, so you guys go ahead and give life updates while I get my blanket situation figured out. I don't have anything to add in comparison to last week. Nothing too dramatic has happened to me. What was your pit and peak? What was the highlight of your week? And then what was the pit? So it's like what the pit was. Like what was the worst part if you want to? I've been in the field for the last like two weeks since we last recorded. So most of it was bad. Give us a but I'm always I always have a good I always have a good attitude. So we had to drive like ten hours to like a different spot and in military convoy style with in, in our military vehicles on a civilian highway. So I think the peak was like everybody we saw civilian wise was like super awesome driving by, like waving, like it was it kept Aww. definitely kept me entertained. Super sweet you know, blowing kisses and stuff. And I don't know, it was, it was a lot of fun. It, it was cool to see. Like, yeah, we down? flew some, you, played rock, paper, scissors. Did you do the princess wave? Please tell me you did. You had to. Of course I did. Oh, yes. Yeah. R.I.P. Princess. Um, anyway. <laughs> and then that was the peak and then the rest of it was just shitty weather. And it was all, it's all good though. I'm home safe. Oh, that's good. good. I'm glad that we're all back and I'm excited to record this episode. Jess, what was your pit and peak? I'm like kicking ass at work, which is awesome. Yay. I've really come a long way since last year with like mental health struggles and stuff. So I'm able to show up in my life just like finally at 100% ish. And yeah, I'm like, I'm back in my hometown and just kind of having fun with it, running into people's moms and dads and random people here and there and just enjoying it. Surprisingly, I've been taking care of my parents this weekend because they've been sick, but yeah, mm. just a good casual chill week and my best friend just bought a condo. I helped her move, even though, you know, I've got a bad back, but I'm her bestie. So I'm like, hey, bitch, I got you. So, yeah, just enjoying life and feeling good. That's that's really it. That's a good attitude to have. Yeah. I like that. I'm not going to make you say a pit because I don't want to bring the mood down. 
Oh, well, I don't know. Still feeling kind of lost in life, but, you know, I feel like I'm on my way. <laughs> That's just every day. That's right? every day. <laughs> right? I'm just like, damn it. I what is I she doing? Like Her best. A cute little squirrel in, in, like, the woods. I don't know. I might still run away and just fucking tree say house. goodbye. Yeah, just right? A tree, just a treehouse commute. Yeah, basically, but... We'll see. I'm still here, surprisingly. Yay! Well, we're glad you're here. <laughs> Guess what we're gonna do today? We're talking about crack. We're talking about crack. I love this topic, not because I love crack. I just this whole thing behind it. Do you remember, like, growing up? Before we get into this, growing up, like the just say no stuff, right? The dare program. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a funny story. Oh shoot, I for- I'll get that later. But my little sign that says just relax and it's got a leaf on it well i was facetiming with one of my college best friends we call each other and just pick right back up to where we're at but she had me talk to her significant other's kid and she's oh say hi to miss amanda and so i was like i caught a glimpse of his shirt he had a dare shirt on and right behind me was my neon sign so i'm like moving my head like oh nothing to see behind me (laughs) Just this heavenly green glow behind my head. It's fine. So when I was living in Colorado, I was basically stoned like 100% of the time. And I donated to the D.A.R.E. program at a Walgreens. And they were like, hey, you want to donate to the program? I was like, wow, this is still going on. And I'm like, white girl wasted. I smell like fucking dank weed. And I'm like, hell yeah, here's $30. Stay off drugs, weed, like kids. (laughs) I'm surprised it's still going on. And I actually have a picture from myself in like fifth grade with Mm -hmm. an advanced shirt on. So that was like our school's version of dare. I feel like that should be posted on the episode because your girl has definitely enjoyed her recreational shenanigans. But have you, do you remember anything like that growing up? Yeah. I remember like the dare program and the cops talking to us so much about it. Um, do you guys have thought that the dog? t-shirts are cool. The uh, dog, what was his name? McGruff? Right. He was the mascot. Yeah. Do- that sounds right. McGruff. Yeah. I think I, yo, I yeah, think pretty sure. Right, yeah. But the dare, like, the dare mascot's like a lion or some shit. Oh, is it? Oh. Let me see. My fuck that. <laughs> Don't up? do drug shit. Well, I remember like up. a lion. Yeah. yeah, it's a lion. Oh, God. Okay. So we'll have to post that. If you- yeah. Just drop that on the photo. Page. I'm reading it. Yeah, so I kind of remember it. I remember not thinking much of it because I felt pretty sheltered growing up. Well, I grew up in Iowa, so, I mean, where I lived, it was very what you would expect, your typical small town, middle middle of... Right. I almost said Middle East. No, that's Midwest. That's fair. Although geographically on the map, I you know, if you were to contend with me, like, what is more Midwest, it's probably Colorado is probably considered Midwest in our... In the middle of our country. Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of my friends from a different country. He was like, oh, why don't you guys just call yourselves the Middle East? I'm like, do you hear yourself, sir? I mean, I don't know. I mean, even back in the day, like when I was in grade school, I feel like maybe I just wasn't aware of it because I was just so young. But I mean, every now and then you would hear about someone's parents or cousins having like a meth lab in our area. There was a meth lab like... On my street. I remember this. Holy shit. I mean, unless I'm misremembering, but I remember... I feel bad. I'm not even going to say... I'm not going to get too much of the story because I don't want somebody to piece anything together, but yeah. 
I remember that. That's that was fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, mean, I will say he, he, the kid though that I knew from my grade, he really liked Eminem. As an elementary school kid, knew all the lyrics, and I'm just like, my mom says I can't say those words. I mean, it's painting a pretty good picture of what was happening. I mean, if he's oh my god, and then the girls. Okay, so there's these... Okay, so sorry. Just to sidetrack real quick. There was two twins. And I kind of don't feel bad because... I mean, I hope they're doing better. But I will say they were shits growing up because one, they're twins, fraternal twins. One of them set fire... I remember moving away. I you know, moved away from Iowa. And I remember hearing about this like a couple years later. The, one of the twins, she had burned or tried to set fire to a church. Oh, shit. Like okay, you arson. Girl. Fucking arson. I'm like, no, I don't approve of that. We don't oh, condone I arson. We don't condone oh. arson. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Right, right, sure, right, right, right. Sure. But holy <laughs> shit. I just remembered that shit. Okay. Maybe, yeah, I was completely, as you could tell, completely oblivious to my surroundings growing up. Or just didn't think much of them. I don't know. But I feel like you have some definitely wilder stories than we do. Like in terms of like drugs and shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't incriminate yourself though, okay? <laughs> no, it's not. I don't like me personally. I don't, I've never been like irresponsible like doing that stuff. I think like all the stuff I did do, I was always like, I never really wanted to do it. Just and like never got into doing it. Like I don't addict the personality, but just did it because everyone else is doing it. But me aside, shit, man. Like I know a lot of people who've died for sure from doing drugs. Either, you know, accidentally with the whole fentanyl thing that's mixed into a lot of coke and other drugs. And that's been an issue. Like when I was younger, especially like when everyone was in college, you know, a lot of people died that way. People just doing PCP and it's cliche, but like they thought they could fly, right? No, it's jumping PCP off, of, jumping off a bridge, yeah. jumping off of bridges and dying. I think I know two people who did that. Yeah, Jesus. none of it's none of it's positive, <laughs> really. Oh, fuck. I um, was like, oh shit, let me take a hit of my pen. Actually, I'm gonna get some tropics. I'm Sorry, not drinking. I was just gonna say, I'm not drinking like alcohol. This is actually alcohol-free bourbon. Oh, really? I know it that? sounds weird. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but like, it's pretty good, and it's got those new tropics in it, so it kind of gives you that very light buzz. So when you drink this and you take a gummy. It's really nice. You feel really nice. good. So I'm so excited to shit talk. Did we already tell you what we were talking about? Yeah, crack. But I'm really excited to fucking shit talk Reagan and his entire administration because fuck that dude. And we'll get into the rants about Nance section somewhere rants in our segment. Nance. Rants about Nance. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Is it, What else is everyone drinking? Cheers. I got crystal light. Ooh, that's so good. And it says kissy on it. Mm. Yeah. I have water and Smirnoff ice lemonade. Ooh, that actually sounds really refreshing. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. And you're drinking it on purpose. Right? Yes. Not like a yes. friend. <laughs> yes. Really? What are you saying? Yes, that? I am. No, it's, you know, just thinking of, oh, my, I'm not going to say <clears> where <throat> my fiance's team is at right now, just not giving things away, but they have, it. mind you, like, Middle-aged, like, grown men are icing each other continuously <laughs> where they're at right now. Bro. I'm like, you are in your mid-30s. Some of you in your 40s. What the fuck are you doing? Nah, girl. It's still a thing. I did that at 19. It is yeah. not. No, I refuse. Yeah, it is. I refuse it really to believe. Is. No. 
I would not drink it. I would not. Yeah. I would not do that to my body. I love myself more <laughs> than I than my ego. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, it was a thing when I was hanging out with some friends in Denver. It's a thing right now with my co-host on another podcast. She was traveling in the South to another line dancing bar and they would smirn off ice, prank each other during the road trip. I was like, bruh, that's just going to make like your hangover even worse because it's so sugary. And I'm like, oh, yeah. man, when did I become a grandma? I'm like, oh, <laughs> one quick story before we get into thought segment. He'll be starting us off. But real quick about Smirnoff Ice. When I was a junior in college, I lived with one my one friend that I was talking to earlier today on FaceTime. And then my other roommates, they were two guys. So that was my reasoning. I was like, well, I'm not dating these men. They no romantic feelings whatsoever. Both of them were like actively dating other girls and stuff. So very platonic. We just were all in ROTC together. But I remember what. A couple of them, I don't remember like if it was a party we had or something, but they got smeared off ice. And one of them was, I was so mad. By the front door, I had those high boots, you know, those high boots that we wore in the 2010s, you know, those yeah. ones. Yeah. So I had those boots by the door. And as I'm getting ready to go to my class, I go to put my foot into my boot and jab my foot in the bottom of my boot is a fucking smeared off ice. And I'm like, these motherfuckers are going to pay. I was so angry because <laughs> it hurt. It was orange too. The audacity. No, thanks. Wait, so those were like the Han Solo riding boot boots, right? Or like oh, the I wore those. I wore those. The, yeah, I did. And they went well with a lot of outfits I had. Oh, yeah. 100%. We all looked like Han Solo. It was great. I wore those boots the night I met Tree, actually. Mm. I think. I want to say I did. Because I was on, I had a big, I mean, we lived in Indiana. I had to have fucking boots. I don't know how I did it in those heels. Okay, so let's keep, let's continue on the thought section before I start going into my footwear choice in college. Okay. Oh, God. It was very questionable. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let me go to the drive. Thought, do you have your segment pulled up? So I did early. I have the script pulled up. Crack if you go to how the U.S. government fucked up big time, and then you'll have your thought folder. That's you. No yawning. Crack. Yeah, I know. It's late for me. I'm so sorry. Should oh, I saw crack. If I'm drinking or sober, I'm, I'm tired regardless. Yeah. All right. Even last night, I was like talking to my completely awake, like I talked to you, Amanda. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I was just. I woke up and it was midnight. I was like, oh, fuck. All right. You need to sleep more. All right. You got it? Got it. Let me take a hit of the smear off. Before I start reading, did you know the difference between crack and cocaine? I did, oh. but that was just from podcasts that I had listened to. A little bit. Yeah. Yep. Prior to it, I knew it was like related to it. I just didn't really, I guess, understand how. So I guess briefly, sure. I'll just say that like cocaine is just you snort it or you can like even lick it, put it in your teeth, your gums, and then crack is you actually smoke it and your yeah. lungs like absorb it quicker and that's where it gets into your system really fast. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll let, we'll let Thodimus yeah, take don't it get, away. Don't get too far ahead of us. Jeez. Yeah, take it away. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, you know, like you knew. I'm serious about well, crack. You knew a little too much about <laughs> but, it. Yeah, your crack prowess, okay? I stop considered crack, it. I don't stop know. Stop crack shaming us. Right. Excuse me. All right. Well, 
the difference between crack and cocaine, crack cocaine is a free-based form of cocaine that can be smoked, while cocaine is typically snorted or injected. Crack is cheaper and more potent than cocaine, which makes it more appealing to some users. The effects to crack are more intense and short-lived than those of cocaine, leading to a higher risk of addiction. Short-term effects of crack use include constricted blood vessels, dilated pupils, increased heart rate and blood pressure, restlessness, irritability, and anxiety. Long-term effects of crack use can include addiction, respiratory problems, cardiovascular damage, neurological damage, and mental health issues. Crack addiction can be difficult to overcome without professional help. Treatment options may include therapy, medication, assisted treatment, and support groups. Speaking of respiratory issues, fuck. All right. Not on crack. (laughs) It's not crack. Production. Crack cocaine was produced by converting powder cocaine into solid crystals. This process involved mixing cocaine powder with water and baking soda, sometimes ammonia and heating the mixture to form solid rocks or crack. This is for education what does free purposes base only. Mean? Yeah. I mean, you can find this information elsewhere. Don't link it back to us. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> think we're going to be like the gateway drug for people, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So what does free base mean? Free base is a term used to describe a form of drug that has been chemically modified to increase its potency and make it easier to smoke. In the case of free-based cocaine, free-based cocaine increases its bioavailability, meaning more drug reaches the brain more quickly, leading to a more intense and short-lived high. However, free-basing also increases the risk of addiction and overdose due to the drug's increased potency. Poor baby. Oh, God. Allergies. What's that? I have asthma from these fucking dogs here, and I can't, I, my lungs are so full of shit from, the, from work where I just was. I'm sorry. Oh. So if it sounds like I'm wheezing, oh, don't no, apologize. We need to get, we need to get some venom, buddy. You got that asthma? Yeah, like I. Sorry. I love dogs. I can't even fucking touch them. It's terrible, and I can't. I don't know if you can hear like the oh wheezing. Oh my god! When I yeah. No fuck. Are you okay? Do we need to like not record? We're scheduled. It's fine. I'm. Just, I'm almost done reading, well, and then I'll okay, take a sip so of water for okay. spirit off. <laughs> Please take some Benadryl, dude. All right, counterbalance. Crack babies. A crack baby refers to infants born to mothers who had used crack cocaine during pregnancy. The media portrayed crack babies as infants destined to severe health problems and developmental issues. Early studies suggested potential risks of cocaine exposure during pregnancy, such as higher rates of prematurity and complications. However, subsequent research found that the actual impact of crack cocaine on infants was less severe than initially believed. While subtle differences in brain development and behavior have been observed and predicted catastrophic consequences were largely unfounded. The crack baby myth was fueled by media sensationalism, which led to stigmatization and punitive policies. So crack babies is a hoax? Yeah. That's like the amount of actual quote-unquote crack babies the media, I remember, I remember hearing the term crack baby. Like I had a foster I brother. I still do. I had a foster brother who was quote unquote a crack baby. But really when they're looking at these adults, you know, just from that, what data that they had on who was a crack baby based on medical. I, it's not like their information delved to others. It's like when a mother gives birth at a hospital, I would assume like aside, like they take out their name. But if right. there was like 
crack cocaine in their system by the time they gave birth, you know, that they probably have a pool of data to pull from with that. And, you know, kind of keeping tabs on that medical record base. I don't know how deep it goes, and I'm just wildly speculating right now. But, yeah, from what they were able to gather from their study that they had that they did very minuscule so long you know roundabout way of saying the results ain't shit that they weren't showing anything Hmm. isn't that fucking absurd yeah i remember those commercials like the headline those news at the evening news like crack babies and then there was that did you watch that documentary just what did you think about do you remember what i'm talking about like those newscasters yeah they're like they're coming to our schools these crack babies i'm like can you it's just like a fuck yourself, lady. Fuck. But yeah, that's what they were being told. To, yeah. To draw people in to listen to the news, like crack babies. Like, boom, when crack and then babies, it's like it pulls at your heartstrings and then crack, you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And it's just, it's really fucked up. And then like, the imagery too is just, yeah. did you really have to include that? Yep. So that said, let's go on to, so I we kind of do a popcorn read when it comes to the notes and stuff that we do so when somebody gets tired they'd be like popcorn and they say whoever thought we'll probably keep you at a minimum as much as we can for your poor lungs so just okay. You- okay so we'll popcorn read as necessary thought you can hang on for as long as you need to okay so let me go let me <laughs> hang on for dear life he's like that little penguin from toy story when he oh, gets no! abandoned at the show Weezy. his name was wheezy i think <laughs> I'm sorry, thought that's you. That's you, old Dusty. Oh no. Oh no. Weezy's a good nickname. I'm okay with it. Weezy. I, this is graduate level work, what I did. Like, when I get really focused on something, like, it is zero to a hundred real quick and i'm like boom so if anyone's questioning me on my notes that i did i pulled from government documents covering the cia's investigation so yeah welcome yeah girl yeah, bitch yeah girl has access to scholarly articles via my <laughs> university's library boiler up baby oh boiler up <laughs> okay right. so here we go Crack epidemic and the conspiracy unveiling the role of the government and media. So the crack epidemic of the 1980s and 1990s had a devastating impact on communities across the United States, particularly within urban areas and predominantly black and Latino communities. This epidemic was not a, just a crisis of public health and safety, but it was also deeply intertwined with the political and social landscape of the time. So that meaning During that period, the administration of President Ronald Reagan adopted the hardline drug policies, which have been widely criticized for exasperating the epidemic and its consequences. However, the Reagan administration and its agency's involvement may have been more sinister, and allegations have been made that the CIA, or the Central Intelligence Agency, under Reagan's administration supported the smuggling of cocaine by the Contras, an anti-communist rebel group in Nicaragua. This cocaine allegedly served as a crucial ingredient in creating what did we say from earlier thought? What do you make what do you make crack out of? Baking soda? Well, that and what? What's a crucial ingredient here? Cocaine. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. Yes. 
That was obvious. So they were, you know, the CIA essentially was turning a blind eye and or helping the smuggling of cocaine because there was a lot of shady shit going on behind closed doors that they later found out in investigations in these government documents that I had to sift through that they were circumventing Congress and these, you're not going to fund this war. They were circumventing it through other avenues. So a lot of this shit's going to surprise you. And again, this is all available online. So if you're questioning what I am saying, go look it up. It's interesting. It's really fucked up. These whole Bush Reagan 84 shirts, you know, just go get rid of those. Those are so trashy. Those are not so the fun. comfort colors. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, Amanda. Yeah, Reaganomics, trickle down economic. I, well, they also say that Reaganomics wasn't exactly best for the economy because it served only a certain subset of people, namely suburbia. It was not aimed at helping urban communities by any stretch of the imagination, as we'll get into later. So, I would drop yes. this mic, but it is firmly attached to this little arm. Moving on. <laughs> so, part two. Jess, you want to take over the overview of Reagan's policies on drugs? Yes. All right. So, the Reagan administration took a tough stance on drugs, launching an aggressive anti-drug campaign during the 1980s. This campaign, commonly known as the War on Drugs, aimed to combat drug abuse and its associated ills. However, critics argue that these policies disproportionately targeted minority communities, contributed to the racial disparities in drug law enforcement and sentencing. Allegations have been made regarding the Reagan administration's direct involvement in feeling the crack epidemic. In his book, Dark Alliance, investigative journalist Gary Webb presented evidence suggesting that the Reagan administration, through its support of the Contras, facilitated the smuggling of cocaine into the United States. This cocaine was converted into crack cocaine, quickly spreading in urban areas, particularly affecting Black and Latino communities. I had also read that two-thirds of crack cocaine users were predominantly white but only mm -hmm. one third of them were actually convicted which was really mm -hmm. fucked up so it's like even yeah. that in a situation where you were caught with crack cocaine if you were white you were basically let go but if you were black and latino you were convicted you were sentenced and you want to hear a tinfoil hat thing about this and why there was more black arrests is because in california especially where this was a big problem when Reagan was governor, remember where he was from, you know, they were starting to get worried about all of these minorities in California. So they started passing these drug laws, or not drug laws, wow, they did that, but they started passing those gun laws. So you have people who police aren't helping them. They're trying to arm themselves via the Second Amendment because they don't trust the government. You know, what people are scared about right now, like they're going to take our guns. Yeah, of course, you're going to have unregistered weapons. So that's how they were nabbing them, were these unregistered weapons that they had. Yeah. It's fucked up. And don't even get and me it, started on how the Bloods and the Crips came about, because guess who did her research on that, too, before we interviewed Bill? But I decided to keep my mouth shut, because there was a lot. <laughs> I wanted to focus on Bill's story. It, this whole thing aside, this isn't blaming any, like, the regular people, because people didn't fucking know. They didn't yeah, fucking they know. Didn't. This wasn't broadcast. This was swept under the rug. And they were able to do so because we don't have they didn't have the technology we have now to whistleblow. One hundred percent. And I mean, how do you suppress a certain demographic of people by 
you know, getting them convicted of certain connotations or conviction mm-hmm. and that way they can't vote. That way they don't have a boy. Exactly. It's, it's part of that whole tinfoil thing that you were talking about. Yeah. Wait, you want me to keep going? Yes, please. Okay. The Reagan administration's support of the Contras in Nicaragua played a significant role in the covert operations carried out by the Central Intelligence Agency. The Contras were white-wing rebel groups fighting against the socialist Sinista government Sinista. in Nicaragua. Yeah. The Contras engaged in various activities to fund their operations, including drug trafficking. Investigations and evidence have revealed that the CIA was aware of the Contras' involvement in drug trafficking and may have facilitated their activities. Gary Webb's Stark Alliance detailed the connections between the Contras and the CIA, suggesting that the agency turned a blind eye to drug smuggling in exchange for financial support of the Contras' operations. These relevations raise serious questions about the role of the CIA perpetuating the crack epidemic. The agency's covert operations and alleged complicity in drug trafficking contributed to the influx of cocaine into the United States, which in turn fueled the widespread availability of crack cocaine in urban communities. I will say also, as someone, you know, from Colombia, born in Colombia, and I have families, generations in Colombia, that they also played a role in that. And I'm really glad that Colombia has come a long way that it's yeah. like safe for tourism and everything, but that basically took a a, a whole toll in especially the very poor communities is like they oh, had so. the land to make the cocaine. And so that's what they did. They didn't oh, fuck with bananas, sure. coffee, any of that shit, mangoes. They were like, hey, we're getting money for cocaine. We're making cocaine. And they would, I mean, even add extra shit to it to make it more potent. And that's really gone away the past, like, 10, 20 years. Yeah. And that's why tourism is a lot better for Colombia now is because a lot of that drug facilitation activity has subsided because they're no longer getting that financial aid from the government and that they're not turning a blind eye anymore. They're more like, hey, you need to cut that shit out because we're getting money from tourism now. You don't need to do that. So mm-hmm. I will also add that Colombia is also part of that as well. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I yeah. I would love to hear anybody questioning what we're saying right now. I really would. I would love to hear what I mean, I don't know if I would because then I'd just be tuned out of the conversation. I'm like, I'm talking to an idiot, so I'm too goodbye. <laughs> yeah, Cholo, don't try me. My Theo knows a Theo that did that shit like oh, fuck off. <laughs> Theo and Dio were in the field working that cocaine field, okay? And no, yeah, it's not like, like, I just picture like some dumbasses. Oh, it's like a powder field of like snow and snow. No, you know those giant <laughs> drums that people please. use to collect rainwater. That's what they would use to make cocaine in. Oh yeah. wow! So, yeah, oh, I mean, shit. it's dirty, it's messy. Like gasoline and shit would be put in it. Like anything to cut it. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, I did not know yeah. this. Okay, well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, keep going. You have a really nice reading voice. I'm going to let you read more. <laughs> oh, thanks. Okay. All right. So the crack epidemic significantly impacted the Black community, leading to widespread social, economic, and health consequences. The epidemic disproportionately affected Blacks as users and as targets of punitive drug policies. So this could go as... And with Latino communities as yeah. well. If yeah. you were basically, if you were easily identifiable as brown by yeah. looking at you... Yeah. 
it's over with. You're done. Yep. So even <laughs> like in the documentary on Netflix, if you would confide into your doctor that you were a user of crack cocaine, they would immediately report you. Whereas someone who was white who admitted to using cocaine, you know, it would just be, you know, swept under the rug or not really. And they have hospital investigations about this shit too. Exactly. They would take away your kids, like anything to just, I guess, Can you imagine if they did that to put it into perspective. Imagine if they did that with this whole I know that there's people that are, I'm not going to really get into my opinion about it, but the vaccine, like if you yeah. were if it came up that you were not vaccinated and there was no antibodies or anything in your system, you know, and that became like a, you know, totalitarian thing where they would take away your kids. That's the level we're talking about here. That's the level of invasiveness we're talking yeah. about. So if you're angry about one thing, you should be damn well angry about the other. For sure. So this led to the disproportionate incarceration rates. So Blacks and Latinos faced higher arrest and incarceration rates for crack cocaine offenses other than other racial or ethnic groups. And the Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986 established sentencing disparities between crack and powder cocaine offenses, resulting in longer sentences for crack-related offenses. These sentencing disparities disproportionately impacted Blacks, Latinos, contributing to the over-representation of Blacks and Latinos in the prison population. So that also fuels into the social stigma that, you know, people of color are assumingly just bad people because, the, you know, they have higher incarceration rates when really, lottie dottie, everybody is, you know, doing it using and it using it, but only a certain proportion of the population would be incarcerated for it. So I think that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And I hate seeing that. Like, you see it in, you know, not, I'm not trying to really trying to make this all about race, but it kind of, at the end of the day, it is. But yeah. it's, you know, when you see things like people hiding behind meme ad pin, admin pages posting, like, pretty gross stuff about saying, well, statistically speaking, they contribute more to the crime statistics. And I'm like, yeah, because... They're going after him. They're convicting him for it, as opposed to like just pardoning somebody else who yeah doesn't look like they fit the bill. Your statistics are skewed in order to make a certain group of people look bad and keep them, you know, less than or below than you. Like otherwise, you know, if you weren't so intimidated by that ethnic or racial group, then you would just leave them alone. It would be everybody, you know, who didn't know somebody's fucking auntie or grandpa or grandma yeah. that like fucking did crack or something like oh yeah she's just strung out on the porch i don't know i've seen that a little bit and have heard of it a little bit in the south yeah. you know yeah there's tobacco and stuff but every now and then you would hear of somebody you know kind of struggling because someone in their family was you know doing like heavy stuff and it it doesn't care what the color of your skin is a drug is a drug and it's going to infiltrate you know People who are, you know, just looking for an escape. It doesn't matter, yeah. like I said, the color of your skin. It's I, just. I was going to say, I think that we kind of covered a lot of it just like talking about this. Um, so I think if we skip down to number 43, where we start talking about media influence and stuff, because oh. then we're getting back into the more of the Reagan administration. So, I, well, I, you know, we basically covered a good deal of what all that, what we could have continued talking about. Yeah. So just okay. to keep it moving. So yeah. number 43. I can read a little bit. All right. You go ahead, Dot. All right. Media influenced public perception and Reagan's image. 
The media played a significant role in shaping public perception of the crack epidemic influencing Reagan's image as it unfolded. The sensationalized coverage and racial stereotyping, the media coverage of the crack epidemic often adopted a sensationalist approach, portraying it as a plague or epidemic that primarily affected black communities. The portrayal of crack users as predominantly black reinforced racial stereotypes and contributed to the criminalization and stigmatization of black individuals and communities. Reagan's war on drugs and public perception. The Reagan's administration launched a media campaign during the mid-80s, highlighting the dangers of crack cocaine and associating with urban gang violence and society decay. The, quote, war on drugs rhetoric and Reagan's public stance on drug control shaped public perception. It contributed to the vilification of crack cocaine and its users, particularly in low-income communities of color. Okay, bud, do you want me to take over? No, I'll keep going. Okay. I just can't breathe, like, deep. I can't take a deep breath. Well, talking involves breathing, so let me go. (laughs) I'm bad. I just can't breathe. (laughs) Hit the inhaler. The critiques of the Reagan administration. The crack epidemic exposed stark racial disparities in drug enforcement policies and fueled the call for change. The crack epidemic disproportionately affected black communities, exasperating socioeconomic disparities. Racial biases in drug enforcement led to harsher penalties for crack cocaine offenses than powder cocaine offenses. Uh, Sorry, contributing to mass incarceration, targeting low-income communities of color, perpetuated systematic inequalities, and hindered access to rehabilitation and support services. So I will say that when, you know, you see an old Hollywood you see, I mean, literally in that documentary, it was showing clips of it, cocaine, this little snuff. They had like little spoons and stuff that you could, it, it, you see them in antique stores. Like it was glamorized. You saw it in Hollywood. Like you never saw marijuana. You never, like you barely saw excessive drinking, but sure, cocaine, sniff, it's cute. She's on her little vanity with the cocaine powder and sniff. That's you know what I mean. It's cute. It's, classy. I mean? it's cute. It's classy. It's it's a wealthy drug, is what it was, and that's why when crack became affordable because of the way a science occurred. Okay, science, and yeah, that, that's how it fucking happened. It became affordable. It's like when computers like first came out, and now everyone's got they can most everybody can afford a cell phone like a computer at your fingertips. I mean, you could even yep. argue that nowadays it's like how classy it is to pop a gummy versus smoking weed. Like smoking weed is still looked up. It's looked Ew. down upon, even doing resin. But if you pop a gummy, it's it's cute. It's classy. Yeah, girl. I never thought of it that way. I was like, I'm definitely now a stoner, stoner chick. Not, yeah. I oh, feel yeah. like that's cringy to say, but like I do have like regularly it's not like i'm get waking up and getting stoned like i'll get my shit done for the day and usually by the evening time i'm like okay it's like after 5 p.m after 6 p.m i'm like okay well i could probably take a little smoke sesh enjoy yeah. some indica then my food tastes delicious holy yeah. shit oh yeah yeah no i mean <laughs> love it living in denver was definitely like a kind of wake-up call to me it was like if you reeked of weed you were looked down on but like these girls would be popping gummies or even guys like oh yeah i'll pop a gummy or whatever i'll sip a weed beer but oh don't let me like catch you smoking that skunky smelly shit i'm like what the fuck okay sure jan first of all it's cheetah piss so get it right jan (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess that's true denver doesn't really 
as like progressive as it is with marijuana and other like drugs, I guess it really isn't that's yeah in terms of you could smoke a cigarette yeah. in a public park like that's not offensive, but yet you can't smoke because it's kind of looked at that's where I kind of see like the gray area of it where you know there's certain cities where there's open container laws, which are you know if you are into that culture it's awesome i loved what i drank i love the open container things i thought it was so fucking cool yeah they like mm-hmm. give you like a to-go beer they put it in a little paper sack like that I, that sounds so pathetic now that i say it out loud but uh no not at all it's yeah. fun like it's you know it's whatever i love that it's so, so nonchalant especially like in savannah but yeah yeah people in denver were very but also up about it the yeah. changes with like how you're smoking too like pot anyways with all well, the pens can, and shit yeah I mean, you could still smell it but if like, it's weed, but it's not as stinky. As, but yeah, it's, as a little, like, it's a little more subtle. It's more sticky. Like, you can hit that and blow it in your shirt, you know, like a lot of people do in public places. It's definitely different than sparking up a joint or hitting a bowl where you're just raw dog and fucking pot in the open. Nothing compares to it, though. Just, you got a good right. bong, some oh, ice I, cold water. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Ooh, gives me chills. My bong can go in the dishwasher. I fucking love it. Yeah. Awesome. It's like my my fiance said it was, quote unquote, the Tesla of bongs. Oh, wow. Very nice. Yeah. His name is Buzz Aldrin. That's funny. But I will say, I do know a handful of cute little white girls that have a little spoon in their keychain for cocaine. Cocaine. Even to this day. Oh, I thought those were like the little dab. I've never dabbed before. I want to try it. Those are for blow. You can get them on Etsy. No, you can see I'm so naive, too. you guys. I am so naive. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, I thought. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! How dare you? You're just jeez. <laughs> but you know they're not gonna get. Can you imagine like, if you were if you carried like a crack pipe on you, like a little Etsy right. crack pipe? Right. It it's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. What the fuck? But that just Your shows. Life, just kidding. Don't normalize crack. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I don't From know back then that. to now, with how we are with weed, like it's just all of these social connotations. Okay, yeah. one is classy, the other one's not. I'm like, okay. At the end of the day, like everyone has their substances that they're using. So yeah, I would yeah. say if, if, before we move on, I'm so sorry, thought, but before we move on, I would argue that weed is a yeah, it's a kind of a gateway drug, but it's more of a transitional drug. Where, like me, I used to drink. I hated myself for a while, and I would use it. I use alcohol to numb it. And, you know, kind of just on a whim was like, me and my fiance both were just like, oh, let's let's just not drink. And we haven't drank for, I don't know, almost six months. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. Like, I, I, if you see my face, like, I don't have alcohol bloat anymore. Like, I have fucking cheekbones. Like, I don't have to use contour to, to make that happen. Yeah. This shit is real, okay? Oh, it's real. But, <laughs> you know, like, it's... It, yeah, I would say it's a gateway drug, but it's more of a gateway to a to lesser, like, a more chill life. You yeah, know? for sure. I, don't, I feel no desire to do cocaine. With my anxiety, fuck no. I have no desire to do Molly. I, you know, like I heard the come down from that's awful. And I'm like, I smoke weed so I can avoid anxiety. Hangovers. And yeah, hangovers. And yeah. I like it a lot better. So I think the DOD really should consider not letting, I won't get into that. Continue on. Anyway, go ahead. God, I'm sorry. I... Anyway, that got awkward. <laughs> Hi. 
Anyway. 50, were we on 57? Yep. Yeah. I'll finish 57 to 60 and then someone can take the conclusion. Okay. Okay. Fuck. You got this, bud. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Critique of drug policies and sentencing disparities. The crack epidemic prompted a critical examination of drug policies, perpetuating racial disparities, and contributed to the over-representation of minority populations in the criminal justice system. Advocacy groups and schools called for reforms to address the sentencing disparities and promote equitable and evidence-based drug policies. The movement for change aimed to shift the focus from punitive measures to public health approaches that address the root cause of addiction. Popcorn. Amanda. Hi. Yay. Hi, it's me. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me, Mario. Oh my god, I saw that movie and it's so good. It is such it is a good, good high it's such a good high movie. And so okay. yeah. every single part of that movie, the Super Mario movie that you would love to see, you're like, ooh, I wonder what they're gonna talk about. And you're like <gasps> and you get so excited. Although huh. no. Close Chris Pratt as an Italian. It, it wasn't because it, it the accent, I'll spoil it. The accent was like part of a commercial that Mario in the movie did like playing into the Italian brothers like they over exaggerated the Italian accents and they really didn't talk like that Uh, Um, they're the Super Mario brothers (laughs) so sorry that was so stupid I'm gonna cancel Amanda you're good stop you're good okay okay so All right. I'm so sorry. I just thought about a Mexican cholo. I think of my parent, my parent, my like my mom's side of the family. One of them like grew up in like Italy for some fucked up like weird reason. Like why I don't know how they got there, but they grew up like with an Italian accent, but they're Mexican. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. This is what high Amanda thinks about. Okay. Anyway, conclusion to this: the crack epidemic of the 1980s and its aftermath had a far-reaching impact on the American society, revealing systemic issues, racial disparities, and the need for change. And a lot of the, by change, it's just, most of it's just educating yourself about what happened. And it's, you know, you can watch these documentaries, but it's really eye-opening when you actually look at the government documents themselves and make that determination as well. Yeah, so just take, you know, it, it just, education is key. Just be curious. Don't just blindly follow a narrative just because that's what everyone else is doing but anyway so then yeah so the movement or the involvement of the reagan administration and the cia the crack cocaine trade raised a lot of questions about the government's accountability and their transparency which surprise surprise just look at our current environment there is no transparency <laughs> or accountability for that matter i mean look yeah. at afghanistan boom i said it oh god i'm gonna throw up <laughs> Yeah, basically. Oh, God. This might be a when Friday ate way too many treats. And my fiance felt so bad. He thought she was so sick. And then he saw the empty treat bag. She ate the entire thing and threw up. Oh, my God. My fiance, he was so mad. Just stewing. Like, for the extra hour that he had before he had to get ready for work. He's just, that fucking cat. That fucking cat. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, a reminder. Just, you know, look back at your history. Just, like, kind of poke and pry into things things weren't always you know the white picket fence american dream that wasn't everybody's case like reaganomics yeah you hear reaganomics is so good reaganomics is good for a subset of people it wasn't good for everybody so yeah, yeah. and that's what it is unfortunately yeah 
And I think also I'm definitely part of that like nostalgia oh, population. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I love the 80s. Like I'm a 90s baby, but I love the 80s. Great music, great movies. It looked like, you know, economic times were thriving, but where there's good, there's also bad. And you need to yeah. also acknowledge that. So you can't grow and also hold yourself accountable if you can't look at both sides of, you know, these great eras. Like everyone talks about yeah. how Reagan even coined the term make America great again. It's we can't make America great again if you won't look at what made, the, you know, certain groups what of people up? fail and hold them back. Everybody needs to succeed. You know, there's a piece of sunshine for everybody. Everybody can get a piece of the pie, but you know, I feel like sometimes some people get kind of greedy or, again, I you just, don't want to acknowledge certain failures and you can't overcome if you can't acknowledge yeah. where you fucked up. And it's okay to look back and be, oh, you know, I liked my childhood. I had a really great childhood. You know, my parents did a great job raising me with those, with the, what Reagan was putting out there for everybody else. Like, the overall message was a good one for people who, like, could apply that to their lives. Which they did, and I, I grew up pretty okay. Like I have a, I just I called my dad the other day, and I was talking to him about all the crazy shit that my pets have been doing since, yeah. But yeah, you know, I just I call my dad weekly, you know. But and yeah. it's okay to look back and enjoy that. It's okay. We're not saying you can't feel good about those times. You can, but you can also acknowledge that like other people, it's being aware of other people's realities and not just living in your own. Yeah. Because yep, everyone's got a different story. So I said my piece on that. But anyone want to talk about Nancy Reagan? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> bitch. I love that. Like, the slums of Reddit and Twitter just oh, fucking I love it. took me down. Okay. <laughs> All shit aside, even though she basically turned a blind eye to the whole LGBT community and HIV and AIDS epidemic, this bitch was quoted as being like the throat goat of fucking los angeles or like california basically and i was like no this has to be like a stupid meme that like just took it too far but no like nancy reagan who was formerly known as nancy davis was known for giving the best head in that area like she was like a lot lizard but like for politicians she'd be at your fucking office i brought you lunch and gawk basically which i thought no, was hilarious no I <laughs> she was a looker back in the day so i mean i kind of see it again i legitimately thought it was like a joke or you know just not culture no absolutely not get it girl yeah and you like, do you hey you got any fucking tips yeah but <laughs> Yeah, Alex Cooper, so. move aside. She's the original Gluck Gluck Queen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Nancy Reagan. Oh, God. All right. Continue. Yeah. The funny part of Nancy Reagan that, you know, I read into. I was like, this can't be real. It's fucking two in the morning. Let me read this in the morning. No, it's legit. It's for real. Oh, God. But, yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. post. Uh, yep. post <laughs> yeah. You know anything about that thought? Yeah, I thought. Go ahead. Not yet. I'm learning right now. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she was really, she was. I'm really interested in this topic. Back in the day, right? <laughs> I'm, boy. I'm awake now. I heard giving, what, blowjobs? I'm awake. Typical Throat man. Go. Typical man. Yeah, my. Two yeah. down with all my ears perked up at throat good. Historical facts. And then, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden, here, blowjob. What? 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 Hello. I'm here. I can I breathe. Like, I can yes. breathe again. Two, please. My asthma's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
scared. Jesus. <laughs> I'm healed. Yeah, you know, that was like my And that's how thought became a born-again Christian. Oh, no. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I would never curse you with that. Oh my god. I'm not making fun of Christians. I whatever brings you inner peace and inner joy, I'm all for it. Just don't make it everyone else's problem that they don't believe what you believe. Preach. Yeah. Anyway, so. go ahead, thought. <laughs> what else? Hollywood's blowjob queen. Yeah. Oh my god. See, I told y'all. Yeah. Reddit and Twitter was just yeah. like just slamming her with this shit. The amount of people that she blew off, like just recreationally, like again, like no slut shaming, just but get it, girl. It's just it was a little different and not of the norm of you know a future first lady that so. reminds me of that i can't remember if it's a real thing or not but it was like no i didn't marilyn monroe have a little black book like of L little red book red book yeah so, so i wonder if nance if old nance kept a little journal maybe she seems um, like she'd keep a journal dear diary i got so much dick today love yeah, she nance she probably, like, labeled it something, like, uninteresting to her husband, like, grocery list or daycare schedules or a, something stupid. He wouldn't go through it. Right. Yeah. And that's no. just, just it's just, like, this address book filled with all of her escapades. Right. Like, Please. Okay, so I got. Somebody. I somebody got, find this. Please. Somebody find this. I got this. Jeff at nine and then I got Mark at one o'clock. Oh, my like, God. The amount of semen she must have consumed or I don't know. Anyways. What was the equation? What was the equation thought? <laughs> my mom is going to be like, Amanda, no. I sounded just like her. Just then. <laughs> Sorry. I'm on, the, I'm on the black web right now. I can't. I wasn't listening. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. Really? Go. <laughs> I'll read this later. <laughs> okay, you'll read it later. All right. I'm just kidding. Okay. Screenshot, okay. screenshot. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so let me read this, oh, and then you can read whatever you found thought. Yeah. Oh, All shit. right. Fucking rants on Nance. Rants this on bitch. Nance. With so many Democratic women running for office in a year where Republicans are readying a scorched earth campaign to retain power, it's instructive to look back at what Democratic Dine uh, Raro... Geraldine Ferraro. Geraldine, thank you. Yeah. Ferraro faced when she ran for vice president in 1984 as the first woman named to a major political party's ticket. While outwardly expressing confidence about this re-election, Ronald Reagan's team feared that Ferraro, a congresswoman from Queens and the daughter of Italian immigrants, could give Walter Mondale the boost he needed to overtake the aging president. Spurred on by the First Lady Nancy Reagan, the campaign went to extraordinary links to discredit Ferraro, some of which are only now coming to light. The gender gap had always been Reagan's weakness, his greatest vulnerability with the voters. While he would go on easily to win a second term that wasn't obvious in the summer of 84, Ferraro was a wild card that would disrupt Reagan's legacy. On a kickoff tour in Northern California, Ferraro was asked how she could reconcile her Catholic faith with her pro-choice politics. She turned the question back, telling the interviewer to ask Reagan how he justified his hardline policies toward the with his religious values. Nancy Reagan, guardian of her husband's image, took it as an attack on Reagan's Christianity. She called Stu Spencer, the campaign's chief strategist, ordering him to get everything on Ferraro. That so. bitch. Yeah. I mean, I understand like supporting your man at all costs, but like, that's low. 
that's low. At least like she, Ferraro made a point and you just couldn't look in the mirror, Nance. Neither could your husband. And so you deflected and that's why you go to therapy. Basically. Just died an old bitter bitch. Yep. Old bitter bitch. Leaving AIDS patients like mm. with misinformation. That's a whole other podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, just like she could have. Princess Di died. did more for. She was British and she did more for the American gay community. At that's, the same that's... time, yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, so I think there was a certain term used multiple times about Nancy just you know turning a blind mm -hmm. eye to a lot of the issues. Whereas, like you just mentioned, Princess Diana was like, it's like very the Marjorie Taylor Greene effect. It's oh, a yeah. Marjorie Taylor. She was like the. She's like a classier version of Marjorie Taylor Greene, which Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, I'm not, again, it's really bad to bash on women's looks, and I understand that. I understand it to the fullest extent, but she's a horrible human being. But she looks like a purge mask. Like, oh. she looks like a purge mask. Please tell me I'm wrong. I mean, no. Am I wrong? Thank you. Yikes. Her I'm sorry. And what's her face? Lauren Bobert. Lauren Bobert. Oh, she can suck a dick. See you next Tuesdays. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. So yeah. you call him there. <laughs> He's just. Oh my god, we need to make. We need to make merch that says that. See you next Tuesdays. Tuesdays. But she could, like put the accent on the shirt. But just yeah, thank put you. put an ear of put an ear of corn next to it, and you'll know it's me. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thought thought our artist. We have a new artist. Remember? Oh yeah, we do. Okay, I want to somehow get that on the shirt. I can probably do that one myself. Yes. See you next Tuesdays, plural, See with you a next ear of corn. Yes. With a cat next That's to it. Not... See you next Tuesdays. Keep the cat. With a cat and cat. corn? Cat and corn. Hell yeah. Or maybe just the okay. cat. I don't know. We'll see. Whichever one looks better. But yes, that's my first shirt that I want. I claim it. It's mine. <laughs> Oh, um, okay. Be the only one we sell too. <laughs> yeah, the only one. It's just me. I don't care. I would fucking buy that. I would wear that with pride. So much Same. pride. So much pride. Anyway, I think I should just do this just to annoy thought. The darker side of just say no. <laughs> I really that. Just say no. All right, fine. I'm I love it. It, it doesn't bother me. Okay. I think it's cute. Okay. So Nancy Reagan. The first lady became strongly associated with the cause of fighting drugs. She engaged in various activities and campaigns Stop. to create. No one's. Everyone's gonna sign off. Okay. Create a drug-free society. All right. Uh -huh. number, all right. We can do our number seven. All right. Our number six. So she engaged in various activities and campaigns to create a drug-free society. That sounds great on paper. Her efforts included visiting schools and treatment centers and leading drug-free pledges and delivering speeches, filming PSAs, and making media appearances. Nancy Reagan's anti-drug activism left a lasting impression, and she became known for involvement in fighting drugs. Unlike other first ladies associated with these specific causes, Nancy Reagan's identification with the anti-drug campaign was particularly strong. So, here we're going to get into the lack of evidence. So... Drug use, as measured by the government commission surveys, was already declining before Nancy Reagan launched her Just Say No campaign. The trend of declining drug use began years before her efforts, indicating that other factors were at play. Despite the decline in drug use in the 1980s, no evidence suggested that Nancy Reagan's crusade directly contributed to that decrease. That decrease likely probably came from all the incarceration rates, but, you know, you can't do drugs in prison, or, you know, they're, they're quick to shut that down. Anyway... 
Drug historian David Musto noted that when Ronald Reagan took office, Nancy Reagan responded to a pre-existing shift in attitude towards drugs in the United States. The effectiveness of marketing offensives such as Just Say No and Life Abuse has not been extensively researched, but the general consensus is that they had minimal impact on drug use. The drug decline in the 1980s cannot solely be attributed to Nancy Reagan's efforts, and the notion that her campaign saved lives or stop drug use lacks empirical support. So the negative consequences of a misguided approach here. So her anti-drug activism actually had negative consequences, and her approach was fundamentally misguiding. It was more of an all-or-nothing approach. Like you either do drugs or you don't do drugs. It's not are you a are you distributing to a community and perpetuating the problem, or are you a user who's addicted and needs medical help? You know what I mean? So the approach was avowedly intolerant and repressive, advocating for violence in response to peaceful activities that violated no one's rights. So peaceful, I mean, depending on this is a, I know these were notes from like the scholarly articles I had gotten from. However, I will say that there I've seen some people who are high on drugs, like attacking people. So I will not I would not classify that as a peaceful entirely unless they're literally just sitting there like all strung out and they can't move it really depends on like the person's reaction to the drug so that's a gray area so anyway so a lot of the misconceptions led to longer prison sentences and just from the media coverage from what they were showing on tv of people you know the evening time news of the cops like they were making they, they did this on purpose they were broadcasting drug busts take uh, there's that you remember in the documentary like there's like video of these little kids saying please don't take my mommy like yeah and, and that person shit like yeah that person needed help i mean fuck look at the opioid crisis that was actually looked at as like a medical problem whereas you know they're both chemicals they're both drugs that are being introduced in nefarious ways just one was seen as a more of a suburban problem and one was seen as an inner city problem you know, associated with violence and all this other stuff. And, you know, different factors at play for each one and how it got so big. I understand that. But, like, a crisis is a crisis. Like, these people are addicted to a drug and they can't, they literally can't function without it until they get help. So, wow, that got yeah. really heavy. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're good. And then, I mean, even in the documentary, like, there were kids that were like, oh, mom, like, when I die, don't dress me like that. I want oh, my with friends all this to shooting. recognize me. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, the fact that a kid oh, can kind of recognize like that even kids his age are using crack and dying from it and you know they're or being... getting shot in like the drive-bys. That's what a exactly. lot of it was. Like they were saying yeah. like I don't go outside my house after dark. You know, you have no, I wouldn't say like a sundown city in a sense, you know, what it means in yeah, other No, other but they knew to... that people were slinging drugs and that's when the shootouts Gang would happen. Violence. So yeah. yeah. Kids can even play out in the street and, and be innocent bystanders to that. Yeah, and that's what happened, like, with Bill's neighborhood. Like, they were getting tired of it. And the city wasn't doing anything. But, hell, like, it came about during that documentary. A bunch of those cops down in Florida, was it, that were turning a blind eye to all, like, the cocaine smuggling and even profiting from it? You can't tell me that places like Tacoma, some people weren't being bought off by other places just to leave them alone. Yeah. You know, I, you can't tell me that it didn't happen, it, whether it's documented or not. I just I just have a hard time believing that with the amount of money that people were breaking in with crack was insane. Didn't they say that like 
Freeway Ross or whatever the fuck his name was, like, was earning like three million a day when he first started. Yeah. Three damn. million a day with crack. Like, you can make a shit ton of crack from one tiny little thing of cocaine. It's right. insanely profitable. Yeah, it's it's wild. It was. What did he say? It was street capitalism, exploitation at any cost. Like this one just happens to be crack, and that's bad. But you know, other exploitation—that's white collar. Yeah, and to yeah. them, like you know, they were just making money, and then slowly they started seeing the effects of it in their own community. So they were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, and then you These saw are... people standing up, like Shirley. She's like, yeah. "Enough! No, I'm done." That's it. Her kids were being harassed, like, on the way to school. I read those old archive articles. Her kids couldn't wear red. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they said enough. That's bad. Yeah. Wow, this is a heavy episode. I didn't mean for this to happen. This... Sorry. Is is you uncomfortable? No. Okay. I wasn't... Out of everything we talk about? No. Okay. But anyway, sorry. Where did I leave off, guys? Are we at 17? Yes, sorry. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 17 here. We got negative consequences consequences, and misguided approaches. Jess, you want to take it away? Uh, oh, yeah. Nancy's approach was fundamentally misguided, promoting an all-or-nothing black-and-white view of drugs. Nancy Reagan's campaign reinforced misconceptions about drug use, which shaped public policy for decades. The misconceptions led to millions of unjustified arrests and prison sentences disproportionately affecting marginalized communities. While Nancy Reagan may have genuinely cared about drug addicts and sought to help children avoid addiction, the policies she did. Yeah. Honestly, as much as we say fuck you to Nancy, I think uh, there are some things that she was like definitely guilty of, but I don't know if she really knew the extent and how deep it went. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's just like anything. It's like you could have good intentions, but it's just like the wavelengths that it goes to. Like you can't control that. It's like these people need help. These people are just living, they're leeches on society. You know, it's like classifying who deserves help and who doesn't. Yeah. So the policies she supported had detrimental effects on innocent people. Her influence on her husband and the general public contributed to perpetuating harmful drug policies. The focus on punitive measures and intolerance failed to address the underlying issues of addiction and the complexities of drug use. Rather than offering evidence-based solutions and harm reduction strategies, the approach promoted a simplistic and punitive response to a complex problem. Yeah, like the whole everyone's, oh, well, everyone's got free will. Everyone's got free will. I'm sorry, but you, everybody at some point has experienced some form of addiction. Yeah. You know, I think everybody has. Like alcohol, cigarettes, tobacco, It's an addiction. You know, like people like who don't get their like their chew fix whatever you know grizzly like that then i fucking had nicotine tablets because i quit smoking but i still crave nicotine i'm down to like two milligrams now after years of the four but i know it's probably not the healthiest thing but it's better than the alternative but i'm still addicted yeah yeah it's rough and i mean the kids will also imitate what they see their parents doing and then the it's media simple. you know showing the media like showing like grown-ups you know, it, it's cool, a thing. Smoking yeah. a cigarette. Yeah. And alcohol. Know. Yeah. It's I'm shitty. not saying it's, you know, the TV's fault or anything like that. I think that's a bit of a stretch because I think that there is like a level of parenting that's like everything you see on TV is not reality. Like that's what my parents, you know, my my mom would do that. Like when it came to these fashion magazines, <laughs> so she's like, not everybody looks like that, Amanda. It's OK. And so that's she really tried with 
that with my sisters and encouraging us to do sports. And my mom, she always would tell us like the women that she admired. This woman, she's just like very strong and athletic looking, just like embracing athleticism is what my mom really instilled with us. She's like, your bodies can do so many like, cool things. Like, yeah, take care of it. And you know, she was a fitness instructor, so what can I do? I was a YMCA kid growing up. Hell yeah. Okay. I don't know why, but 27, the influence of public policy could look similar to... Oh, that might have been... Yeah, the sorry. Nah, so we could do the origins of just say no. That's 36. There you sorry. Go. Okay, yeah. all right. So the origins of Just Say No campaign originated from a spontaneous exchange in 1982 between Nancy Reagan and a student at Longfellow Elementary School in Oakland. In response to the student's question about what to do if offered drugs, Nancy Reagan replied, Just Say No. This offhand remark inspired local activists to start Just Say No clubs, eventually spreading across the United States and worldwide. Nancy Reagan became the honorary chairwoman of clubs, umbrella organizations, the Just Say No Foundation. She traveled extensively, urging children to embrace the message of saying no to drugs. Anti-drug rallies were held at the White House, featuring thousands of children wearing green Just Say No t-shirts and chanting the slogan. Pledge cards were distributed. Just say no. Balloons were released and red Talk ribbons the environment. <laughs> were wrapped around schools as symbols of a drug-free community. <clears throat> the Just Say No clubs became a prominent part of Nancy Reagan's anti-drug crusade, aiming to empower children to resist peer pressure and make drug-free choices. So for, you know, generations like Amanda and I, we saw that as, you know, continuation of Just Say No to the D.A.R.E. program and you know, I have a picture of myself in a t-shirt of advance. That, that was my, you know, southern regional version of Just Say No and mm-hmm. the D.A.R.E. program. So that from the 80s extended on to, you know, the 90s and even the yeah. early 2000s. So it had good, it had, a you know, good attentions. Like it wasn't It always, reads well. Yeah. It reads well. It reads well on paper. Yeah. But. Yeah. In, in actuality, you know, you know, there were kids that like, were smoking cigarettes at, at in grade school and middle school. You just you can't help the inevitable. You can I think preach that it to the choir, but it would have benefited Nancy Reagan if she like just shadowed a social worker for a couple months to really yeah. get an idea for what actually is going on and where these problems are headed instead of, you know, removing herself from the situation, looking at it behind, you know, rose colored glasses of this is how the world needs to be. You need to make good choices. It's like, no. Do you understand, like, actually what's going on? You yeah. know? Do you understand, like, the patterns and things that people are taking note of? Because if you are a woman... Okay, I'm so sorry about this. But like, if I get any inclination of, like, something nefarious about somebody that I'm close to, I dig deep. And I start digging and digging. So if I'm starting to notice, like, some commonalities with something, I'm going to be like, wait a fucking second here. Hold up. But math, the math ain't mathin', and I'm bad at math. Maybe I'm bad at it. I need a calculator, a calculate tip. That's how bad I am. At, but I get that calculator out. I'm like, no, ma'am, no fucking way, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's just such a cookie cutter approach to it. Because in actuality, if any of us could talk to our younger selves, like we wouldn't say shit no. like that. If anything, no. I mean. For me personally, I thought like high school is like, oh, that's where you party, you smoke cigarettes, you drink fucking Bud Light, and you party, and blah, blah, blah. Do you know how sheltered I I was? I had drank on, I can count how many times I drank alcohol 
when I was in high school is I can count Girl. on one hand. One hand. Wow. I can for you. I you did not weed. miss out. I think I smoked weed like maybe three times. Right. No, maybe it's twice. I've had three concussions and I'm still surprised sometimes that stupid shit I still remember that won't yeah. escape my fucking brain. But I would tell myself like, bitch, you don't get a fucking award for growing up fast. You're not missing out. You don't need to fucking smoke cigarettes. You don't need to fucking drink a mountain light shitty beer and all that crap you're good just have fun and keep your innocence yeah not just say no to drugs jazz i'm like but i don't want to i don't want to (laughs) but like free drugs you know it's for free for free right for free hello thank you it's for me thank you your kids are fucking stupid we were fucking i was a moron i was so dumb i was so dumb i was so smart but so dumb yeah, it's just absolute space cadet, you know? Yeah. Again, it's like a, like I said, a very cookie cutter approach to a very detrimental problem. But, yeah. All right. A test thought. You get to talk Absence. about abstinence and peer pressure. Go ahead, nerd. Fucking nerd. <sighs> Fucking nerd. This is perfect for me. <laughs> abstinence and peer pressure. Okay. The rituals promoted by Nancy Reagan's Just Say No campaign centered around kids using drugs due to peer pressure. The approach suggested that Conformity to abstinence could combat peer pressure and encourage individuality. Mass pledges of abstinence were seen as a way for children to stand apart from the crowd and be true to themselves. This tactic of fighting conformity with formity raised questions about the approach's effectiveness. That is a weird approach. It's creating otherism. It's creating otherism. That's what it does. It's like the good guys and the bad guys. It's how you, people want to view a villain. Look at all these 80s movies coming out. Everyone wants a fucking villain in their story. Facts. Joining absence movements to be unique and stand out from the crowd seemed counterintuitive. Comparisons were drawn to a scene in the movie Life of Brian, where followers repeat in unison that they are all individuals, highlighting the irony and prompt promoting conformity to combat peer pressure. One potential issue with this approach was the exaggeration of the prevalence of drug use among peers. While marijuana use among high school students had been declining since the 70s, the campaign focused the resisting peer pressure falsely implied that drug use was the norm among their peers. The misimpression may have inadvertently encouraged experimentation and contributed to an accurate understanding of drug use among young people. Can I say one thing about this? Like with please with what people I've never heard of you know I I think I've heard of some kids like doing some of the harder stuff but you know just I think now like with the availability like high schoolers now and how peer pressure works and but they have information at their fingertips with their phone if somebody says something or like they're seeing something that's like trending online like Gen Z is fucking smart like. They are another level of they. The way they think is so different. I remember seeing like a meme. It was Do like they really? It well, just an example. It was like a an office setting that she asked like the Gen Z intern to get her fifty pieces of paper, and the Gen Z kid like went over and hit like blank copies on the printer to get fifty pages, and and so he wasn't spending time counting it out. Like it, it was already counted out, and she's holy shit. I never would have thought to do that. You know, they're innovative Created as a monster. fuck. Yeah. So, like, with these kids who have the world at their fingertips, 
Do you really think that they're like that stupid if they see, oh, if you mix fentanyl and weed? I mean, yeah, they're stupid, but I like to. I really don't think they care. Even with everything at their fingertips, I think peer pressure is peer pressure. That's something I don't think that something online or social media is going to affect if your friends or your peers around you are doing it. Regardless if the internet says it's dangerous, I think you're going to do it if you wanted to. You know that eating Tide Pods isn't healthy or cool. And you know that online it says it's not, but motherfuckers are still, we're just chomping on those things. I'm, I mean, you're right. That's and it just because it just comes to show like, you know, what's the peer pressure? What's the cool thing to do? You know, is it cool to just, for example, and I'm actually, no, I'm not sorry. Is it cool to stand up for somebody making fun of like a woman just for existing? You know, right. or is it, oh, what a simp for doing X, Y, Z. It's, well, no one told you to be a jerk in the first place, but you just wanted val- that validation that your peers are like, oh, they're, he's in on the joke. He's in on the yeah. joke. Everyone wants yeah. to be in on the joke. You don't like to be on the outside of an inside joke. It's awkward. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, I digress from that. Go ahead. Thought. Don't give him too much credit. Yeah. Okay. I was. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, not all kids, guys. Not all kids. No, but I think kids. maybe what you're referring to, not drug wise, like talking about if a woman, what you say, deserves to exist, right? Yeah. But, What's it, Sergeant Gee? He just was walking, and everyone was like, you know, making those comments, and then they found out she died. It's like, why did she have to die for in order to be just. Exist, just be, yeah, just to exist. exist. Yeah, and I'm All sure right. how you're ra- how you're raised probably comes into play for that stuff. Yeah, like I, you know, like <laughs> I don't. There are people that would they would literally ball. I could not picture a lot of people ever partaking in something like that. You know, even peer pressure aside, like I just, you know, maybe not joining in, but just like kind of, nah, I'm not going to worry about that. You know, I think there's a lot of those people who don't necessarily hold those values that just would rather just pretend like the problems exist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like the opposite. I, if I see something I don't like, I'm going to say it. Well, you're confrontational. I'm not. And that's something I need to work on. I'm not confrontational. I hate confrontation. Oh. So if it, if I am actually confronting you about something, you're probably really fucked up or you're doing something really fucked up because yeah. I hate fighting confrontation arguing i'm pretty i'm very submissive but like if i am raising my voice or if i'm stepping up for something like there's probably and if you know me especially at work if i'm upset like there's probably a good fucking reason for it yeah i think i was attributing like the philly side of you because there's a different way like me when i get angry like it's like Growing up, I would like I was very passive aggressive. I will undermine you from the inside. That's how I work, and I, I don't like the very direct aggressive approach because I find myself I get too emotional. Like I'll cry like if I'm mad, and I don't like when people see that. So it's my stuff is like very behind the scenes. Like I, that's how I. It, it was a terrible, awful, toxic trait of mine that I had. Don't I let them see. I, Don't let them see. No, I acknowledge <laughs> the fact that's very toxic. That is probably more damaging than actually just being upfront. And I recognize that, and I don't. I actively work to not ever do that. You know, sorry to get deep on that, but uh, I, I'm flawed. <laughs> I haven't been like in a physical fight in probably over ten years, twelve years. Who knows? College well, probably. Yeah, that, that frontal, like I that frontal lobe. Don't it did, it did the thing. 
I don't see the point in fighting and especially like where like my words normally diffuse any situation that could potentially become physical. Yeah. And it helps being like a bigger guy too, where that never ends up being the case. But yeah. the denial of drug use. <laughs> fuck you. God damn it. Oh. You're going to do some editing. Yeah. Hold on. Denial of drug out. use realities. Now. Nancy Reagan consistently denied the reality of drug use and made misleading statements about its nature. She claimed that drugs were not fun, disregarding that many people find drugs use enjoyable, which undermines her credibility. The denial of the pleasure aspect of drug use fails to acknowledge the motivations behind drug use and undermines open and honest discussions. Nancy Reagan's refused to differentiate between casual drug use and addiction, asserting that all drug use is potentially deadly and morally equivalent. She argued that drug use at a chic part... How do you say that fucking chic? Which flight are you on? 60. 60. It's chic. She argued that drug use at a chic party was no different from drug use in a back alley, disregarding the very varying levels of harm associated with different drug use patterns. She sounds like she was so fun at parties. She was probably never invited to the fun Hollywood parties. You know? Too busy slurping dick in the bathroom. That's why, Nancy, that's why people go to the bathroom. They don't always want a blowjob. Blow means like cocaine, not blowjob. God, (laughs) get it together, Nancy. Get it? I don't know. It happened to her more than once. Oh my God, she probably didn't know. (laughs) So embarrassing. Like, lady, I'm in here to do cocaine. (laughs) You little bitch. Rookie. The guy's not gonna fucking argue with you. He's gonna be like, all right, more cocaine for me, man. I will and say a yeah. okay. I will say that after school, like in middle school or high school, I would go on these questionable like parody meme sites. And I there was like the Spanish fly that was basically trying to say, Hey, quit smoking cigarettes and start smoking pole. And I was too young to realize what he was saying, but I think he was talking to Nancy Reagan about that. Hey, quit quit blowing cocaine and start blowing pole. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Do what Nance is doing. Spanish fly advice. Great. That's great she had stuff. no idea there was so much cocaine. She never fucking saw it. Right. She never saw the cocaine. Her level. She misunderstood right. the assignment so badly. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> I don't know what kind of audience members are with us at this point. Because I have pissed off all sides. Her approach oversimplified a complex issue by failing to acknowledge the distinction between different levels of drug use and their corresponding risks. The denial of reality that most illegal drug users do not become addicted or cause serious harm perpetuated misconceptions and contributed to misguided policies. Her demands for an all-or-nothing black-and-white approach ignored the nuances of drug use and neglected harm reduction strategies. Nancy Reagan's dismissal of portrayals of drug use in media that did not align with this life-endangering mistake further limited open conversations about drug use and hindered efforts to address its complexities. Well, that's basically a lot of it's just kind of repeating itself. Yeah, that's all I really had. I had the photos. I had those. We want to go back out to the drive because, like I said, a lot of it's a little bit repetitive yeah. at that point. Okay. I saw um, those. We could definitely put them on the podcast or the instagram i like the photo dumps though a little doggy just saying ow 
in the fucking trench coat. Okay, so let's go to the actual photos. I'm going to try to find... You guys want to go start talking about what what we all dropped in there. Okay. I hate that. We're we doing the first one first, the DEA one? Yeah. Old lady-ass haircut. The Just Say Noah's Dogs. Okay, hold on. Let me make this one bigger. Hold on. There we go. How's that? He's just like pointing at him like, no! Stop that! Stop having addiction! Stop being sad! It's like telling a depressed person, just be happy! Stop being sad! Say no to drugs! Right. And then there's this random woman right at- there. This, the, the photo underneath it, underneath the McGruff dog, the stop drugs poster. Which one are we? Fo- what the fuck are we looking at right now? We're on the photo dump in the visual. Oh, sorry. I'm stupid. Oh, it's okay. There's Nance, the throat kit. Nance, the throat God damn it. And yeah, the Dare Lion is the logo, and his name is Darren. Darren the Lion. Oh, my God. Darren. Darren. Oh, Darren. Why did I do that? Darren. Why you do that? Oh gosh. Help me. Stop drugs. The fuck? These are Yeah, it's like so a... cringy. What's that fucking paraphernalia though? Is that a fucking 40? Is that a Mickey's? Which yeah, those looks like a bunch of pill bottles. I'm not sure what that is that's like dumped out, but there's that. That looks like just a bottle of shampoo. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be that bottle is supposed to be like a Molotov cocktail or like a really poorly drawn bong. That's probably a bong that like nobody who actually knew what a bong looked like. That's yeah. what they think a bong would look like. Like a big bong. Being like telling somebody to draw a horse from memory. Do you know how funny those are? <laughs> those are. Draw a horse. God damn. All of you. All of you. I want to see your horse pictures right now. No references. Go. All of you. Draw a horse. Do it. I've been watching I'll too much a, Yellowstone. I'll draw a horse. Yeah, draw a horse. Not, and drop you. it in the chat. Oh my god. I'll post mine later, but I want to see what you guys do. So, Deal. continuing. While you guys are doodling, we got Nance in her jersey that says, Just say no. Number it's one. that easy. What's addiction? I've never had it before. Nance, you dumb. dumb I can't even insult her. It's, like it's so hard to insult her because of how dumb i think she actually was i actually think she was dumb like very sheltered just very naive look at the world very black and white very like product of her time i really think just willful ignorance if you have any like inclination to question anything that's a show of like critical thought when you you know there's from every single bit her, of her campaign with how flawed that is, I'm just like, there's no critical thought applied. I don't know. It's interesting that like... first ladies have such an influence with some things like that. Yeah, I mean... Michelle yeah. Obama with the cafeteria shit. I don't know. I don't... I understand, like, their platform. But, like, at the same time, who really the fuck are you to be doing anything? And it's not... First lady or first husband, where the fuck it is. I wonder if there's been first ladies that just take a step back. They're just like, nah, I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah, just chill. (laughs) Like, just chill. Because you're not in politics, really. You're the spouse of the president. It's so, like, why are you dealing with my lunch? Why are you, like, in charge of this drug reforms? I think it's like having something that you're passionate about, which 
and then you have a platform because you are married to the president. So you kind oh, of have a fucking. Bigger I don't give a fuck. Like, so what? <laughs> give me the I, goddamn I, so, chips and French fries at my school lunch. God damn it! Thanks, Michelle. Like, even if you are passionate for school lunches, if that's what your passion is, is lunch. School, I mean, but I like, know it's why, like but still, like, why is her? Why does her voice? Like, why is it like becoming like reason? Like, why? I think are you getting rid of my chicken nuggets um, now? I think it's because she has the arms that most men would kill to have. Okay, that's she's a why. dude. You know that, no, right? No, she's not. A you know dude. she's. You know it's a guy, Michelle no. Obama. A thousand percent. It, Amanda. You can see her dick in plenty of videos. Oh my god. She's there's zero pictures of her pregnant. Number two. Who's the one lady who ended up dying after she said Michelle Obama's? What thought? What's the she... hub are you on? I don't know. I might. I don't. <laughs> I'm know. scared. I'm scared. We, I don't know. We what went. You're... We were going through this. I've always knew it already. What are you talking about? We were going through it when I was away. She is a dude. It's a thousand percent a guy. Was that I? What? And even if she was, who fucking cares at the end of the day? No, I don't. I don't care. But she's a guy. I mean, that's all. I don't have an opinion on if either way because I don't. It's not. I don't care. Like I said, it doesn't. No, I don't. I could care. I don't care either. I'm just letting you know (laughs) that First Lady Obama is a man. All right. Well, that is something I that came out of left field. I was not expecting (laughs) that. That got me. I. Whoa! What? (laughs) It turned into lunch. The lunches really pissed (laughs) me off, and now. Man, really, really wanted those nuggies, (laughs) Ron. I mean, I was out of high school, thankfully. I was in the military. She didn't touch my DFAC or MRE food. Yeah, but there's undercooked chicken. Don't forget that. What? All right, so next we got pictures of crack. Nice. So it just looks like sugar cubes. Little snacks. Yeah. Yummy. And a spoon. Okay, very nice. Tools. Which I don't know. I don't, again, I'm so sheltered. I have no idea how you do any drug i don't know how to drug aside from weed i don't like i mean i get that you snort cocaine but like how much is too much how much is an appropriate amount of cocaine to snort and don't answer that question okay okay are you sure i've heard i've heard okay allegedly allegedly there now you go there we go legal legal allegedly i know people you allegedly know people continue so yeah, I mean, I guess you just no, get the no. rock and you just light it up with a spoon and a lighter and you inhale But you it, take you like a straw. It? I think you take a straw and then you... Uh, yeah. you, you inhale you the, the fumes. You do the dance. Suck it all up. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. I guess I'm just confused on like, it has the lighter, the spoon, a little baggie of blow, <laughs> a candle, and a soda. I don't know what to do with all that. It seems like a lot of work. I hate following recipes. And I was thinking about this. I do. What? I hate it. I don't like it. That's why I like the stir fry shit because I get to make it up as I go and I could taste it as I go and be like, oh. okay, it needs a little bit of this. It needs a little. That's why I'm a good on the fly cook. But when it comes to baking, I suck at it. Oh. I suck at measuring because I just don't care. That's so bad. I could fuck up some stir fry right now. Yeah. Oh, man. I was. Oh, fuck. I'm so hungry. But, but you know what I mean? That's like when I think of like cultivation and stuff. I know that people are smart and they can do this shit. But I think yeah. of people who 
how many people do we know kill houseplants unintentionally? No matter how hard they try, they just can't grow. Yeah. You know, the green thumb. Yeah. They don't have the green thumb. Or even if they have an app to help them, it's still hard. Like I have to be, I have to be reminded daily that I have plants. And my plants are blossoming. Yeah. But, you know, how many people fucking kill plants? So many. The plant industry, if anything, invest your money into the plant industry. Right. Shit. They're sad people all over want fucking plants. Yeah. And they try and they try. I probably am too, honestly, now that I think about it. But you know what I mean? Like people suck at it. So like well, I don't know why we're so concerned about cultivating weed when how many people kill fucking houseplants? How many people suck at gardening, okay? Like you really think it's gonna be that big of an issue? True. Because like people can brew their own alcohol, they can roll their own cigarettes. Like high schoolers, if you're concerned about high schoolers like getting hold of illegal substances, believe me, they know how to brew beer. They have TikTok. Right. Believe me, they know. But I mean, I guess if you're desperate enough, like you'll do whatever it takes to get a high or get a buzz. Yeah. And that's why therapy is important. But that's another subject for another time. Yeah. All right. Okay. But anyway. Y'all like that picture I added? The last two? Let me go down. Remember when Nancy Reagan single handedly ended the war on drugs just by getting kids or by getting kids to just say no? Yeah. Who the fuck are. Oh my God. Oh, that's the most 80s thing I've ever seen. Right? Okay. That is literally the most 80s. Oh, oh my god, that boy's got those high socks! Oh, buddy! I wonder what he's doing now. With I bet those classic green t-shirts that she put out? I want to know what these, what each of these kids are doing nowadays. I know, right? Like, I'd be those so shirts curious. are sick. I'd definitely buy one. We need I think we should make our own. But the top comment underneath that photo where I found it on the Reddit thread was... Just say no to drugs while standing in front of guys probably running a course of testosterone. I didn't see that part. I think it's too big. Hold on. The okay, guy there, the there it is. is the classic phantom. Guy in the red looks like a roided up Flash Gordon. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't see the comment, but I see the photo itself. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I only attached the photo. Okay. I'm, okay. The, I'm on the Reddit thread right now. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's fucking funny. Well, there's probably, you know, well, actually, they're wearing pads. And I'm like, oh, so you're admitting that they need pads to look more manly? Actually, I know. It's actually, and they just, like, short circuit them, and they're done. It's like, <laughs> finally, that's all it took to get you to shut the fuck up. Okay, that's easy. Yep. Yeah, yep. These dudes Shred are probably thinking about uh-huh. their next appointment with some dude I at don't... the gym to get a shot okay. in their ass. Again, I don't know who we pissed off this episode more. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. We probably angered all of them. Goodbye to this podcast. Oh, beans. Michelle Obama supporters, probably. Oh, my God. No, oh I my mean, God. well, the guy that wrote the guy who wrote Dark Alliance, like he I don't know if it was true if he did it or that's a conspiracy theory, but it was a well, sadly, if it was not sadly, he took his own life. The author of that book, Dark Alliance, that investigated oh. all of that stuff. Yeah. So I don't foresee that happening anyway, but, or was it an accident or was it what it Mm. was? Cause like he really dug into a lot of that shit. You know what I mean? We're talking like bringing files that are technically like publicly available to read, but you know, if you don't talk about it, you know, it's like a, it's like a dysfunctional family. If you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. No, that's not how it works. We have to talk about problems in order to resolve them. It's kind of like that. Basically. 
basically. It's totally not normal. That is not normal. <laughs> anyway. And then one more comment from that thread that I liked was, I do love the hypocrisy of that. She's telling folks not to use drugs while her husband is flooding poor neighborhoods with drugs. And, uh, you know, receiving money. from. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Iran thing, did we? Contras. Yeah. The no. Contra. Hold on. Let me just, like, Google it real quick. I'll get a quick rundown of it. Contras. Iran. Okay. So I'm just going to go to Wikipedia here. So the Iran-Contra affair... So this is, again, from Wikipedia, but it's got all the scholarly sources at the bottom. You know, it is what it is. Between 1981 and 1986, senior administration officials secretly facilitated the sale of arms to Iran, which was the subject of an arms embargo. The administration hoped to see the proceeds of the arms sale to refund the Contras, a right-wing rebel group in Nicaragua. Under the Bolin Amendment, further funding of the Contras by the government appropriations had been prohibited by Congress, but the loophole was just enough to use non-appropriated funds so that meaning the official justification for the arms shipments that they were part of the operation to free the seven american hostages being held in lebanon by hezbollah islamist paramilitary group with the iranian ties connected to the islamic revolutionary guard corps it's fucking nuts okay here we go buckle the fuck up everyone idea to exchange arms for the hostages was proposed by the mantra golf banner an expat Iranian arms dealer, some within someone within the Reagan administration had hoped that the sales would influence Iran to get Hezbollah to release the hostages. In 1985, Colonel Oliver North of Security Council diverted the portion of the proceeds for the Iran sales to fund the Contras and anti santanista rebels and their insurgency against the socialist government of Nicaragua. North later claimed that Goffenbanger, or whatever the fuck his name is, had given him the idea... Well, where did it go? Given idea for diverting profits from the tow to the Hawk missile sales to Iran to the Nicaraguan Contras. While President Ronald Reagan was a vocal supporter of the Contra cause, the evidence was disputed as to whether he personally authorized the diversion of funds to the Contras. Handwritten notes taken by Defense Secretary Casimir Weinberger on 7 December 1985 indicate that Reagan was aware of the potential hostage transfers with Iran by Israel, as well as the sale of the Hawk and tow missiles to, quote, moderate efforts within the country. Weinberger wrote that Reagan said he could, quote, answer the charges of Ill illegality, but couldn't answer to the charge of, quote, that the big, strong President Reagan passed up a chance to free hostages. After the weapons sales were revealed in the November 1986, Reagan appeared on national television and stated that the weapons transfers had indeed incurred, but with the United States did not trade the arms or hostages. The investigator was impeded with large volumes of documents relating to the affair were destroyed or withheld from the investigators by the administration officials due to national security reasons. That's like the catch-all phrase that they use to kind of right, shield right. that stuff from the public. So the affair was investigated by Congress. They basically were just like trying to shut this shit down as much as they could. But again, they circumvented like funding the Contras through the sale of arms to Iran through the middleman via Israel markup prices. And then those profits went towards the Contras. It's fucked. And the CIA was able to do that because Reagan was like, sure, all means necessary. It's fucked up. Yeah. And then all Reagan <sighs> could say was, I don't recall when asked about his involvement. Because he had Iran Alzheimer's. Contras. Because he had Alzheimer's. Which is um, sucky, but that's just the reality of the situation. 
Yeah, could have so, been a little bit of a scapegoat. Like, all oh, right, I don't recall. I'm grandpa now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not here to judge that. But, you know, past things that he had done, which he was fully aware of, shame on you. Yeah. Another comment that I liked was someone said, Reagan did more damage to this country and the citizens than all presidents combined since he was in office. He was... He's still idolized by most Republicans. His supply side, economics, tax cuts for the rich, wasteful military spending, and drug pushing through Iran-Contra's ways, and union hatred single-handedly started the destruction of the middle class, then moving the jobs to China finished the job. I was like, damn. Oh, man. Oh, here's the legal debate for the Contra affair. So the major legal debate at the center of the Iran-Contra affair concentrated on the question of whether the NCS was part of, quote, any other legal or entity of the United States involved in the intelligence activities covered by the Boland Amendment. The Reagan administration argued it was not, and many within Congress argued that it was. The majority of the constitutional scholars have asserted that the NCS did indeed fall within the purview of the second Boland Amendment, while the amendment did not mention the NCS by name. The broader constitution question at the stake was the power of Congress versus the power of the presidency. The Reagan administration argued because the Constitution assigned the right to conduct foreign policy to the executive, its efforts to overthrow the government of Nicaragua were within the president's prerogative that Congress had no right to try to halt via the Boland Amendments. By contrast, congressional leaders argued that the Constitution had assigned Congress control of the budget and checks and balances. That's what it's there for. And Congress had every right to use that power to not fund projects like attempting to overthrow the government of Nicaragua that they disapproved of. Checks and balances, that's what it is. Like, if you want, if Reagan wanted to, like, fundraise to raise funds for it, sure. Right. But he didn't. He did not. He did not. How it's going to make me the most money? Donations or take. You know what I mean? It's fucking icky. It's icky. I could at least respect it if it was, like, raising funds for that shit. You know, at least an honest approach to it. But fuck, man, you, like, Turning a blind eye to all this cocaine coming into our country when not one single Cuban cigar could make it into this country, yet millions of cocaine could? Are you fucking kidding me? Go fuck yourself, man. Fuck Reagan. Said it. Damn, I'm fucking hyped up. Yeah. And also the amount of, like, pop culture that came of that, like, how... Yeah, uh, that picture. The movies, the TV shows, the jokes of, like, women getting breast implants in Colombia and they're full of cocaine and they smuggle it on their way to the U.S. Like, that shit's real. Maria, full of grace or something like that, she, like, ate these, like, little pods of cocaine and she accidentally shit one out on the plane and she had to, like, scrub it with toothpaste and eat it again. And when she (laughs) landed into the States, like, she had to shit it all out and that's how she was smuggling cocaine into, you know, the U.S. That was a big part of our pop culture. You even hear like, uh, yeah, even dead bodies for like funerals, quote unquote, they'll stuff a dead body, even like a dead kid full of cocaine and smuggle it into the U.S. just to get the drugs inside. And, you know, pineapples full me. of cocaine. Yeah. Well, like you think it, of like, oh, no, body donations, body donations yeah. for science. Yeah. What's the policy on that between countries? Did they even think of it back then? Was that like a loophole for them? Yeah, exactly. It was. Holy they shit. Is something going to happen to us? Oh, my God. I've got my tinfoil hat on right now. Oh, my God. Oh. That's why I'm trying to get cremated no. when I die. Like, shit. No. You are not yeah, using my it's... body for blowing up military explosives. No, sir. And after you harvest all the cocaine out of my body, I am more than 
I mean, very expensive well, purse. There's also a reason why they don't hire men to be embalmers in the oh my god, you know, the funeral industry because you know, yeah. So that's so. I'm getting gross. cremated, but yeah, yeah, so yeah I'm getting cremated. It's Jesus. It's yeah. fucked twenty Shouldn't... levels. I just have a question. Why? Yeah. Poor Kay. I don't know. I'm scared. Why? Oh, pick me up. I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. My brain hurts. All right, so that's enough... crap There's for not now. enough weed in the world to erase that image. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That, yeah, that's crack, y'all. <laughs> that's crack. That's whack, baby. Yeah. So now you have some new Google prompts to get to everybody. So, you guys, what did you think of the episode and the notes I did? <laughs> you did great. Thanks. But, yeah, I was just, like, really thrown off by the whole, like, Nancy Reagan throat goat thing. Like, I just, I legitimately thought what I was going to learn some cool stuff about this. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, you know. The more yeah, that was, a, that was definitely a side quest. Oh, blows not meaning blow jobs, blow coaching. <laughs> Silly Nance. Silly. Oh, Nance. No, but I mean, I could see it, you know, like any yeah. way to suppress a certain demographic. I mean, even that's that could still be happening to this day. We just won't really, really realize it or see I mean, studies about it till later. You can get into I, I had a little blurb in there, like, I don't, but I didn't really touch too much on it. But really research, you know, red line districting, really look into that because that ended in the 60s. But the effects were still felt years after. Again, that wasn't that that long ago. That happened when banks could just deny loans just by looking at you. Oh. Especially in, you know, back, you know, people, grandpappy is a product of his time. Well, guess what happened in his time? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just you can't you cannot yeah. pretend like that didn't happen. And just to say that didn't happen. It's well, so and so pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. I'm like, yeah. But that's not the case for everybody. As you can see, yeah. the statistics don't lie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, even, yeah, current day, certain dispensaries can't process debit or credit card transactions. It has to be cash only. So yeah, we could s still see it. It's still applicable now. It's just, yeah. goddamn. Yeah, there's, I, had to, I did a research project on that not too long ago. And it was like, I learned a lot about how there is a bank that does do banking with cannabis companies. And they're pushing for more legislation for it and, you know, hoping to use that, those those banks that did partner with, you know, the cannabis. I'll post a little picture of it. I know I have it on my drive somewhere for school. But, yeah, like, you know, they could lay the blueprint for it. And, you know, they what they said that they did was they modeled it after alcohol and tobacco taxes to, you know, curb, you know, like alcohol, you know, when they have cities that have higher rates of obesity linked to sugar, they some of the laws that they're able to can put like a sugar tax or something on it but alcohol is a sugar yeah oh i know funny. right so yeah booze is taxed tax your booze <laughs> it's got sugar Shit. yeah the sugar we could get into the sugar industry too but that's a whole other thing but anyway so welcome just your first doozy of an episode yay we did a thing we did a thing but well, i loved it that's all i got so Thought? Yeah, I. Jess, you guys got. I'm all set here. Well, Jess, any last one? I guess. Oh. I guess that Mean Girls scene is still in my head. It's like, why are you talking about crack? Oh, it's, I don't know. Janice came up to me and started talking about crack. So, <laughs> that's just the last comment. 
Just ending it on a Mean Girls quote. I love it. And I would not have it any other way. Well, thank you all for listening to us. Everybody go rate, review, subscribe. You can follow all of us on our Instagram handles. Donate to our Patreon and you can see our video episodes and see our faces. And yes, we will be showing Thoughts face. Wait, this video is yeah. going to be on fucking Patreon? Oh, God. Yeah. No, it, but you have to pay. The minimum that they said for us to set it at is $3. I was like, $3 a month. That's like a coffee. You know, that's nothing too extravagant. But, you know, trying to raise some money for, you know, better equipment for us. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does it thought need a computer? I said I would volunteer p- feet pictures for thought thoughts mm. new equipment. Here we go. Here's one. Could... Yeah, see this on Patreon. Subscribe for $3 a month. Thank you. Pretty Latina feet. I got you, boo. <laughs> you see thoughts. I could probably honestly s- sell my feet, too. You probably You're going to just see me not breathing on the episode. You're just going to get... Uh. You're gonna... Just put like a frog. You need a frog. Actually, I actually need to paint my frog. But yeah, so... We'll be doing some side quests, I'm sure. Amanda is me, Amanda. I'm getting better at Descript because I have to use it for grad school. So I'm learning some shortcuts. So hopefully to get these episodes out to you guys sooner rather than later. But follow us again. Department underscore of underscore the underscore dead. Thought is running that page. So it's way funnier than when I was running it. Thank you, Thought. Thought? No, it's... (laughs) Do you hear me? Yes. I complimented you. Accept the compliment. I heard you. Thank thank you. <laughs> Say it faster. Acknowledge me. Don't make me laugh. I can't breathe. <laughs> She's trying to kill me. He's looking up Nancy Reagan throat goat videos. <laughs> yeah, I, I have plans What's tonight that now. Dress- oh, my God. Nancy's thrusty. <laughs> no, not the thrusty. <laughs> Fuck. All right. There is, there is so going to be a fleshlight named in that honor. Hear me out. Hear me out. We can make I'm so the first sorry. one. Now, you know, I just, I, Jess, you gave me the mortician nightmares. Now here's your fuel. Nancy, throw oh. flashlights. You're welcome. Oh. Oh, okay, all right. That's fair. It's just her old ass face with her. No. It's not, it's not like young Nancy. It's just her really old. No. Oh, no, like no, her, like, no. leather. No. Okay. I, this, this bit me in the ass. This bit me in the ass. <laughs> I'm sure it'd still get a hit. I think it probably would. Yeah. It's, no, I no men are disgusting. I'm sorry, Bonk. that's a fair statement. To me. <laughs> there are men that will fuck a couch. Prove me wrong. Okay, we've all seen Big Mouth. We know the couch cushions. I know the truth. I'm not saying anything. that's why. I'm speaking <laughs> quiet. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, so subscribe, email us, etc. If you're still here, how I haven't just like permanently canceled myself, I don't know. But anyway. Enjoy! You're welcome! Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Wake up, Skinny. Wake up. We got work to do.